0: Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit SolidRockChurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. How many's ready for some word today? And let me just say one more time, man, what a good looking crowd. Come on, give the Lord a praise right now. One more time. This is awesome. We're in part four of our series, Social Disconnect, probably the final uh, of the series. But I may go one more week, I'm not sure. But but I want to tell you that the origin of this title, Social Disconnect, came from hearing over and over and over again Social distancing. As I say every week, I have to give this disclaimer. I'm going to give it again today. I'm not telling you not to social distance, not telling you not to stay six feet apart, not telling you to stay home, be safer at home, not telling you not to wear a mask, not telling you, because today is part four called mandate, not telling you not to listen to the mandate, not telling you any of that, because I don't preach political messages, but I do use catchphrases that people have out there as a hook to teach some spiritual Principles. You ought to know me better by now. I'm not going to preach political here, but I am a little sick and tired of being programmed by words in my mind that is causing me and other people around me to change fundamentally how they look at the world, fundamentally how they look at their own family, how they look at their church. I'm gonna tell you something, somebody's gotta tell the truth, so I'm gonna tell the truth, is that okay? So social distancing may be a a suggested medical fact is the best way to not catch a virus, duh, come on, it makes sense. If there's a virus going, going around and you stay home, Duh, you're not going to get the virus. We know that. So we understand that the principle of social distancing when you're not trying to catch something works. But what doesn't work is a world and a citizenship and a a civilization that has to be able to function in some way. And there is, whether you realize it or not, an underlying current that is trying to use natural things in our lives to completely recreate how we will function when we get through this and come out of this. I said this weeks ago, and I'm gonna say it again. When this is over with, everybody is going to have a story to tell about the pandemic of 2020. What is your story going to be? Is it going to be a story where you made a decision you would never shake anybody's hand ever again, that you made a decision you would never hug anybody's neck again, where you made a decision where you're just going to order everything online from now on and never get out and never socially communicate with people ever again. Is just going to be a story where you made a decision that on Sunday morning, your church now, from now on, you realize you didn't need the building So you can go to four or five different churches every Sunday morning by scrolling, stopping, listening to for about 10 minutes and feeling real good about yourself because you had church in five different churches. Can I tell you something? That is unstable. And the Bible says an unstable, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You, we cannot allow the devil to fundamentally change us from being the creatures that God has created us to be. God was the one that said in the book of Genesis that it is not good for man to be alone. Praise God. He said that in the book of Genesis. God is the one that said, Jesus is the one that said in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Does that mean that if you're watching online right now with your family and you're gathered in the name of Christ, that he is with you in your house, just like he is here in this building? Absolutely, that is what that means. The spirit of God can be just as strong and come on you right there in your house, right there where you're at, I'm not disputing that. But here's the reality. God said that in the book of Acts, Chapter 2, after the Holy Ghost was poured out, the Bible said they continued daily worshiping in the temple and house to house breaking bread. So it's very important that we fellowship and worship God in our house, but it's also very important that we get out of our house and get out of our I, me, and my three, praise God, and we reveal ourselves to other people and be a blessing to other people. David said, I live in a palace. David sat on the throne. David had, had everything he needed. David David had, if he was in this day and time, he'd have the fastest internet, the biggest uh, TV, praise God, a major sound system. He could afford anything to stream anybody he wanted to, but David, a king, would stand up and put his scepter down and say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm telling you you might have the biggest setup in your basement, in your man cave or your woman cave. Praise God. Do women have caves? I don't know. I don't, I don't. Oh, a she shed, okay. A she shed, excuse me. You might have a she shed. I hope it don't get burned down. Sorry. Uh, You may have a she shed uh, or you may have a man cave and you may have everything going for you, but there's nothing quite like what we're experiencing right now. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Part one, we talked about six feet. Go back and watch it. Part two, we, walked, we talked about isolation, the difference between being isolated and being alone. Part three, we talked about last week, we talked about masks, and boy, I stepped on some devils. But today, part four, I'm gonna talk about mandate. Subtitle Are You Compliant? Some of y'all just had the light turned on. I think they're doing that for the camera. Am I right? Are you doing that for the camera? Huh? Okay. All right. I didn't know what just happened, so we're doing it for the camera. Mandate. Somebody say mandate. Now, as you know, as I've already prefaced, I'm going to say again, I'm not going to preach on what is called the mask mandate from Governor Ives. Or Birmingham Mayor Woodford. I'm not gonna preach on a stay at home mandate, for or against it. I'm not gonna stay uh, preach on uh, for or against safer at home mandate. Whether any of these mandates I'm not gonna preach are constitutional or not, because some of you think they are, some of you think they're not. I'm not gonna preach whether I think man's mandate is helpful in eradicating a virus or not. That is your own decision. It's my decision. It's your decision, whether you think it or not. Not if it's your decision whether you wear a mask when you go in or not. That's another subject. But it is your decision on where you stand on whether they are beneficial or not. It is my job as your shepherd and your pastor to not get up here and try to tell you whether I agree with a government official on a mandate. Because my job is not to tell you how to perfectly line yourself up with Caesar. My job is to tell you what the Word of God says, how you line yourself up with God. Oh, I wish I had somebody that was ready to help me preach. The CDC has given mandates. The state, the county, the cities have given mandates. As I said, I'm not going to debate the legality or the authority of some of these mandates, but I want to say that some of these mandates in the natural are are intended to attack religious liberty. There are people in powerful places, I'm gonna say it, and this might be the week that I get banned, that are in powerful, authoritative places that are using their authority from demonic influence to attack religious liberty and the ability to gather, to worship, to preach, and to sing. You might as well say amen because you know it's true. I didn't, I'm not talking about if somebody told you you ought to agree with that or not. You need to stop listening to people is trying to tell you what you're supposed to agree with and what you ain't supposed to agree with. You better line up what you agree with with the Word of God, not Pastor Larry. I'm not. You ain't got to agree with me. You think I'm going? You think I'm not going to sleep tonight if you don't agree with me? Man, I've been doing this thing long enough. I've been raked over the coals. I've been attacked. I've had my name drugged through the mud. I've had people make lies upon me, make lies upon my my wife, upon my children, upon my family. I've gone through hell and back. I'm telling you right now, I hope you agree with the word of God. I hope you listen to what I'm preaching tonight. But I got news for you. I'm going to chill in my chair this afternoon whether you agree with it or not. I'm smiling because I'm happy, not mad, I'm happy. I have a problem with a child of God telling me, a child of God. I got all kinds of problems with politicians, by the way, but I ain't who I'm talking about. I got a problem with someone who calls me, that calls themselves a child of God, telling me that I should be prioritizing The mandates of Caesar above the mandates of God. Not that I'm not supposed to follow the mandates of Caesar. The Bible clearly tells me to obey those who have rule and authority over you. But where does that end? Where does does that commandment end? And where does obedience to God begin? Oh, I'm going to say some stuff in just a minute. I'm right here. I'm telling you, I need y'all to pray for me. Because I'm about to address some of the biggest devils in this country right now. It is the law of the land to take the life of an unborn child all the way up until moments before birth in many states. It is the law of the land in all 50 states to have an abortion in the, to the second trimester, and almost all of them to the third trimester. That's the law of Caesar. But am I supposed to just automatically agree with that and say that I could never preach that the Bible tells us that he knew us before we were even in the womb of our mother? Am I not supposed to preach that he called us by name while we were in our mama? Am I supposed to stop preaching that because Caesar said it's okay? (laughs) I told y'all, man, I told y'all. Well, let me just give you the word for it. Here it is. The Pharisees, Matthew chapter 22, came to Jesus. Does this not sound familiar? How people are trying to catch us, trick us, to use even our faith against us. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him. Mm Mm-hmm. That word entangle means to ensnare, to trap. What's this. It means to imply, uh, implies an attempt to, to elicit from one a remark which can be turned into an accusation against him. Wow. Yeah. That's, what, that's what Strong's Concordance said. So they, they, they were trying to get him to say a certain thing so that they could use that certain thing against him. That is why preachers are scared to death right now. Can I be real? They're scared to death because everything, if they want to be effective at all, they're all streaming right now. You know, you know you got some guys that are still streaming on their living room and they're like this with their laptop. Welcome to church, y'all. I appreciate them. I'm proud that they're trying to do something. But some of them ain't ever even owned a computer yet, but they've been thrown into having to live stream. Everybody's live streaming. But here's the thing about live streaming. The moment you live stream it, your words are out there. And people can, you've seen people conveniently edit your words. You've seen on the news, Hear a politician, well, today so-and-so said this, this, and this, and you're you're appalled that they said that. But then somebody on YouTube puts out a video and says, well, maybe you ought to watch the quote in context, and you actually see what they said before and after, and they were not saying anything the way the news was trying to imply to you they were saying. Am I preaching right? That's what they were trying to do to Jesus, to entangle him In his, what? In his words, talk. Read the screen, y'all. I know know what version y'all got. Read this one so we're all on the same page. In his talk. Now watch this. And they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know. Watch how they just first build him up. We know that you are true. You teach the way of God in truth. That's just like when somebody says, uh, things like this, well, you know, I'm a Christian. I want you to, oh, Before I say what I'm about to say, let me just preface this by saying that I believe in God and I am a Christian. Anytime anybody ever prefaces and tries to convince you that they are something, most of the time after that comma, they're about to reveal to you that they are nothing what they just said they were. It's like, when some, well, some, you know, listen, brother, I'm... First of all, before I, before I go any further, I want you to know I'm not gossiping, comma, but I need you to help me pray about something. Well, if you got to tell somebody you ain't gossiping before you start talking, you probably gossiping. So they build them up. Oh, I know that you're true. I know you teach the way of truth. You don't care about anyone, meaning you don't care what people's opinions are. You don't regard the person of men. In other words, you, you don't say things based on making people happy. We understand that about. So tell us, therefore, what do you think about this subject? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? or not there's a couple of reasons why they said that is because there was a group in that time of Jesus that were in a, the, what they called the rebellion that did not want to pay taxes to Caesar they, that were getting ready they knew the Messiah was coming they felt it was the season for the Messiah coming and they were preparing a rebellious group to rise up against the Roman Empire to battle the taxes and, and they, they thought the Messiah was going to come in with a raging sword and slay all the Romans and reestablish Israel as the king of their domain. Are you out there? So there was a group that was already politically the enemy of, it, of, of Rome and Caesar that, that were teaching, do not pay taxes to that evil man. So they said, if we can get him to side with that group. Can I tell you something? Just because some of the thoughts of my, of, that I have for my life lines up with the, with, with the thoughts of a, of a particular group or not one or two of them, not all of them, but maybe one or two of them, we have the same alike thought, doesn't mean I'm a part of them. Both sides of the aisle, y'all hear me? You know, nowadays if you, if you have one thing that lines up with another group that has a ton of things that are stupid, But the thing about it is, nobody judges them for lining up with one thing you believe. They judge you for lining up with one thing they believe. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. It's getting quiet in here because I'm ruffling feathers right now. In my own church, I can feel pushback right now. Come on. Listen, I love y'all, and I'm not trying to do anything but help in this moment. If you're with me, say amen. you got to help me because the devil don't like what I'm about to say. Trying to get him to be associated with a group, watch this, that Jesus loved but didn't want to have anything to do with. Jesus did not come to be rebellious. Jesus did not come to kill Romans. And and, in fact, his own disciples couldn't understand that. They wanted him to be that. Many of them did. Is it lawful to pay Caesar or not? Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, why do you test me, you hypocrite? Woo. I'm telling you right now, you don't want to mess with Jesus. He said, i tell you what, show me, show me, your, show me the tax money. They gave him a coin. They brought him a denarius. He, he held it up and he said, whose image and in inscription is on this? They said Caesar's. He said to them, well, here's what you do. Here's my answer to your question. You render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And he just dropped the mic. He just walked off. I'm telling you, I, I could almost see Jesus. The things that are of God. Come on, boys. Huh? Jesus has some swagger, y'all. I'm sorry, he has some swagger. I guarantee Jesus has some swagger. When they heard these words, they were marvelled and left him and went their way. In other words, they shut up and walked away because they didn't know what to say to it. Ultimately, one of the greatest weapons of the enemy is this, words and accusation. We're dealing with a very real virus. It is not a hoax. Okay? It is not a hoax. It's a very real virus. I know people who have been sick from it. Many of you know people who have died from it. Okay? So let it be known. I'm not saying it's not a hoax. But I'm telling you what we're dealing with more than anything. Bigger than the virus is the virus of words right now. Words is what has struck fear into our lives. Let me tell you something, that's the specialty of the devil. Let me fast forward, I'll be covering this in depth many weeks from now in the study of the book of Revelation. But I want to cover, I want to read one scripture that I love it. I love it because it always reveals to us who the devil really is and what his ultimate weapon is. Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 and 11 says this, Then I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come. For the accuser of the brethren, what's this, who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. How did they overcome him? In the, in the how are they going to overcome him in the future tribulation period? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved lost their lives even unto death. See, this is a future event that's going to happen in the middle of the tribulation period that I'll teach on in the Book of Revelation. But but by that time, if you believe what I believe, you may not believe that I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture of the church. So if that's the case, all of us are going to be in heaven. The church is not even going to be here. And at the very least, if we are here, the ability to worship God like we're doing right now will be long gone. So there's no prayer lines. There's no preachers that can sit you down in their office and counsel you. There's nobody, there's nobody that can help you. But somehow, they overcame the devil. They overcame the devil by the word of their testimony, by the blood of the Lamb. If they can do that without the church, my God, why can't we do it now? Why can't we overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony? Why can't we Knowing what we got, they ain't even going to have it. But the accuser of the brethren accuses both day and night. This ain't what he just does in the future. This is what he's always done. If you don't want to believe me, then just believe the Bible. The Bible tells us in the book of Job, if you've never read Job, let me tell you something, it's an interesting read, and it can be depressing if you, if you don't finish the book, praise God. But, but the book of Job, the interesting thing about the book of Job is it is, all All theologians agree, the book of Job is the oldest book of all the 66 books. It was the first book ever written in the Bible. Revelation is the last book chronologically to ever be written in the Bible. So the first, even though Genesis is first, that's because it's the story of creation, the first one to ever chronologically be written is Job. The last one to ever chronologically be written is Revelation. It's interesting to me that both of those books the first and the oldest and and the youngest and the last both detail an event where Satan is accusing the brethren before God. The book of Job opens up that Satan came among the sons of God and presented himself in the second heaven, not the third heaven. He'd already been removed from the third heaven where the throne is. There's the atmospheric heaven that we have here. There's the planetary cosmic heaven, which is known as the second heaven. And there's the third heaven, which is known as the planet heaven. I call it that. But it's the place, whatever it is, where the throne of God is and where heaven is where we're all going to go to be with the Lord if we're raptured uh, and so forth. And where he's building a place for us called New Jerusalem that will one day, if I really want to blow your mind, leave heaven and come back to earth and we'll live for. A, okay that's another day but but I'm trying to tell you this the accuser of the brethren presented himself among the sons of God which is the word angelos of God and he said God says to him where you been he said I've been roaming all over this earth he said oh you ain't found nobody to talk about today huh Everybody, everybody, listen, listen, listen to what God says. This will blow your mind. And it, it will mess you up, really, if you think about it. God looks at the devil. Why would he look at the devil and say these words? Have you considered my servant Job, who has never bowed a knee to you? Why would he say, have you, have you considered my servant? Why would God bring up Job to Satan for Satan to attack? It's because... He got tired of hearing them talking about and accusing all the other folks about all the bad stuff they were doing and all the evil things they were saying against God. He said, I hear what you're saying about all them, but I don't hear you mentioning Job's name. So he has to go through the permission to give him the permission. You know the story of Job. So here we are, fast forward all the way to the book of Revelation, and we see that he is still accusing the brethren and the sistren both day and night. Nowadays, we see that same spirit manifesting in what we call cancel culture. Hate speech. In fact, some people will label this statement as hate speech. This may be what gets me kicked off. I keep giving y'all chances, Facebook. I believe the Bible tells us the order of the family. That it is to be between one man and one woman. But now, did you hear me say anything hateful towards anybody else? I did not. But that statement alone now is considered hate speech. Hate speech for simply stating the word of God. Simply saying, quoting our Savior. I am the way the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father, which means no man gets to heaven, unless he come through me. All we're doing is saying what our God said. But when we say that, rightfully so, we're saying Buddha is not the way. We're saying Allah is not the way. And that becomes hate speech. And you will get canceled. Are we still alive? Are we still alive? Are we still kicking? All right, praise God. Now, we have been called to obey the laws of the land. We know Scripture tells us that. But sometimes man's law is diametrically opposed to God's law. What do you do then? Now, we have have in place a statewide mandate. We have in place a countywide mandate. We have in place in the state of Alabama, in the county of Jefferson County, we have a citywide Birmingham mandate. We have national suggestions that that many have turned into mandates. Some places, I'm telling you, some places, thank God that we're not there. Who knows if it might try to happen, but thank God there are certain states that that we're not there yet, but they are still not permitted. Even if they wanted to go back to church, they're going to have to defy the laws of man, risk being arrested and fined. The state of California sent John MacArthur a letter this week, a cease and desist letter because he boldly went on. I don't agree with John MacArthur theologically. Let me just say that on some things, but I thank God and respect for a man, man of God that will stand up for his congregation. He did what I did a few weeks ago here in this place, and he has thousands of people in his uh, his church. He said to the state of California, which is much more difficult than, uh, than the state of Alabama, he said, I will not close the doors of my church again. And the state of California said, oh, yes you will and he got back home and they threatened him they sent him a cease and desist letter this is what they said this week they said not only will we fine you a thousand dollars not only will we you will be threatened to be arrested as a pastor to be in jail for six months listen to this they said but we will issue at the minimum one thousand citations to a thousand people in your church and they will all be fined a thousand dollars they're prepared to, f- the state of California, this is fact, y'all, I'm not making a, this is not some hype leak, leak that somebody sent me, this is fact. They have said, we will find every member that comes in his congregation a $1,000. That is not constitutional. You cannot tell people they cannot come together and worship God and find them and put them in jail for worshiping God. you can't do it well, you say well yeah they, they're doing it yeah and I'm going to tell you something I don't know what that's going to mean for this country but I hope it don't turn into some kind of civil war or things like that I'm not speaking that I'm going to tell you what I hope it comes to I hope the church finally just rises up and just says you know it's time for us finally to be the church it's time for us finally just to be the church Hallelujah. Maybe we'll finally see that revival we've been talking about for 50 years. Maybe we'll finally see the last day outpouring. Hope y'all come back next Sunday. You ain't got to agree with me to come back. God, I only got 20 minutes. But he made a video and I watched the video. He told his church, this was yesterday. He said, now tomorrow we're going to have service. He said, I'm not asking any of you to come. He said, but I want you to know, I'll be here. And listen to what a pastor had to say. This broke my heart to hear a pastor have to say this. You can watch the video yourself. He says this sitting in his auditorium. He says, there's no favorite place in the world that I want to be than in this place today. He said, it's my favorite place in the whole world. And I'm sitting here today and I'm talking to you, my congregation. He said... I know what they've told us and I know what they've said. I will be here tomorrow. The doors will be open tomorrow. But know this. You have to decide. If you come, you as a member of our church need to be prepared to receive a citation from the city of Los Angeles or the, or, or the state, have a $1,000 fine, a misdemeanor crime, you will be booked on that will be on your record for the rest of your life. This is what this pastor said. John MacArthur said, you will have a misdemeanor crime on your record for the rest of your life if possibly. He said, I hope it don't come to that, but that is what they're telling me could happen to you if you come to church tomorrow. Now, let me ask you something. I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. Are you okay with that? I don't care who you voted for for president and who you're going to vote for this, this year for president. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with the thought that there's a chance that when you pull in that parking lot and walk in the front door of this church that there are government officials waiting to hand you a citation where you are fined and you have a misdemeanor record? Let me tell you something. It's time for somebody to say something. Yeah. I'm not okay with that. I'm okay with obeying the laws of the land, but I'm not okay with that. That's not a law of the land. That goes against the very first amendment of the Constitution. The right to assemble and the right to freedom of speech. Oh, and by the way, they wanna talk so much about the separation of church and state. First of all, it's not even in the Constitution. It's in a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote, but if you really wanna go there, any kind of separation was meant to keep the government out of the church and leave us alone. I love you, Facebook and all the online family. I'm going to hit these fast. Let me show you a couple of mandates that you need to be in compliance with. Number one, <laughs> you are scared. 11.42 and he's telling you number one. I'm going fast. You ain't never heard me go this fast. Number one, number one, God's mandate is be fruitful and Multiply. That was a mandate from God in Genesis 127. He said God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, gave them a mandate, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it. Have dominion. Somebody shout dominion. God mandated for us to cultivate the land and to multiply seeds. He commanded us to multiply ourselves. That's why he made us the way we made us. Come on. Moving on. God mandated us to fill this earth to keep growing. Caesar is trying to stop multiplication. Every time you turn around, you talk about population control. You got all these things where people say we can't handle, this earth can't handle. Let me tell you something. I'll tell you what. You can call me oblivious. You can call me just some uh, uh, podunk, hokey-poke, whatever person for believing this, but here's the reality. I just happen to believe that that God knows exactly what this earth can handle, and when this earth earth can't handle anymore, I believe he'll tell his son to come get us. It is not up to us to decide who can live and who can die second mandate that God gave us he mandated us to worship him are you compliant are you compliant to the state of Alabama's mandate how about are you compliant to worship God in spirit and in truth Exodus chapter 20 verse 2 says, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Egypt is a type of sin. I'm the one that brought you out of sin, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of, of anything that is in heaven above or in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them for I, the Lord your God, God am a jealous God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shatara Bakota. I am a jealous God. God will be worshipped. Are you compliant? Luke 19, 37. Then as Jesus was drawing nigh to the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven. Glory in the highest. But some of the Pharisees not even the government, some of the religious people called to him in the crowd and said, teacher, rebuke your disciples, why? Because the mandate was no one is to be worshiped except the the Roman gods no one is to be worshipped except the Roman authoritative figures who had set themselves up to be God he was in direct violation of the mandate of Caesar so the religious people had had cared more about the mandate of Caesar and wrong than they did about the mandate of God so they told him you better stop them from worshipping listen to what Jesus said verse 40 he answered to them I'll tell you something if these keep silent the stone." will immediately cry out, I will be praised. I will be praised. We are under a mandate to praise him. Are you compliant? Number three mandate. Oh, you ain't going to like it. Well, maybe you will like it in this house. You are under a mandate to gather together. Hebrews 10, 25 says this, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. You've heard it a thousand times. As the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see that day approaching. In other words, he said, as this thing gets closer to the return of God, you need to gather even more. But now wait a minute, I'm almost through. But you have to read to fully understand those verses because preachers who quote that, I quote it all the time. But if you receive if you read the preceding scriptures you and the following scriptures you will really get the power of mandate together. Let's back up to verse 19. Hebrews 10:19 says this, therefore brethren, having boldness, watch this, to enter the holiness by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way in which he consecrated us through the veil. That is his flesh. And having a priest over the what Say it again the house of God, a priest over the house of God, let us draw near, talking about to the house of God and to him, with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he, his promise is faithful, and let us consider one another in order to stir up the gifts of love and good works. Then he says, Don't stop gathering. In other words, what he's trying to tell us is when you gather, you're thinking about others consider one another. When you gather you stir up love. When you gather you stir up good works. When you gather you have strength to hold fast to your confession without wavering. I'm going to tell you something. It's hard to stand for God in the middle of a pandemic when you're completely alone. When you feel like you got nobody with you. But when there's just something about it. One can chase a thousand but two can chase ten thousand. My God. I'm telling you the devil's trying to stop the power of us gathering. We have been commanded. We are under a mandate to gather. Are you compliant? Woo, I'm almost through. The next mandate is you are under, oh, this, this one, y'all will really be tore up by. Unless you are this. You are under a mandate to be a giver. Not a suggestion. Are you a giver? Why not? God is mandated. Do you give of your time? Oh, I thank God that you give of your time to the local baseball team, to your son and your daughter's softball team. Oh, I thank God that you travel with your with your son or your daughter and make sure you go all over the state with them, even on Sunday mornings. Oh, I thank God. I thank God that, that you are giving so much of your time to your family, you should. But let me just be real with you. Did you serve anybody in this house today? Or did you just come and be served and sit down and eat at the table? Can I tell you something? Those people that served you today has been serving you for 20 years. Some of y'all become coming to this church 15, 20 years. You're still being served. It, you are under a mandate to give of yourself. Amen. Sacrifice just a little bit so that people can experience the unchurched, the lost, the depressed, the hurting, that need what you get every time you get here, but God is not going to send them until there's enough leaders in here serving them when they get here. Amazing. That's the lowest, smallest clap I've got in this entire sermon. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. And each of you As as each of you has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. In other words, stop being a grappy old bag and start taking the gifts that God has given you and quit hoarding them and use them to minister to one another. Be a giver. You're under a mandate. Oh, y'all know I can't just talk about giving of yourself. I got to talk about giving of your finances, right? Are you a tither? Are you a giver of seed? Malachi 3.8 says this. Will a man rob God? Well, you've robbed me. But you say, and how have we robbed you? In tithes and offers. Oh, you ain't going to like this. You are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me. Hmm, this is Revelation. revelation I'm about to give you. Even this whole nation. Bring all your tithes in the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that there will not even be room to receive it. Did y'all receive that blessing? Come on. And then he goes on. This is my favorite verse, actually, the whole passage. He says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither shall the vine fare... Uh, fail to bear fruit for you in the field so the Lord of, says the Lord of hosts and all the nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land says the Lord of hosts Woo! that's a lot of stuff right there to unpack I ain't got time to preach all this but I'm going to tell you this why would you be cursed why would he say if you're not a tither and a giver you are cursed because the house of God is supposed to be the place that is taking care of the community. The house of God is supposed to be the hands and feet of God. When we take and don't give, we rob God of the ability to have food in the storehouse and to minister to our community. Hey. There's so much in competition for giving, for your giving right now. I understand times are tough and are uncertain, but it is the givers who have been promised open windows of heaven. It is the givers who have been promised protection against the devourer. He says, I'll rebuke the devourer. Can I tell you something about the devourer? so powerful. The devourer is not the wolf, or excuse me, it's not the, the fox or the or the rabbit or whatever it is in the middle of the night that comes into your uh, into your farm and starts eating your cabbage and starts eating your stuff while you're in the bed at night. That's not what that devourer word means. Go look it up. The original Hebrew of the word devourer means seed eater. He says, I'll rebuke the seed eater because the devil ain't going to, wait to try to take your harvest if it's already grown. His his will and his desire is to sweep in and to cause you not to even have faith to put the seed in the ground. Oh, y'all hearing me. But you can't have a harvest if you don't put seed in the ground. You can't eat corn unless you plant corn. So the devil will come in. He says, but if you're a tither and a giver, you you can trust there's going to be a harvest because I'm your scarecrow. I'm your holy ghost scarecrow. God said, if you're a giver, I'll stand just like a scarecrow. Look at this. A scarecrow does this, but but now look at a scarecrow like this. Jesus stretched out both of his hands and said it is finished. He didn't just say it is finished so you can be saved. He said you can be saved, delivered, healed, prosper. It is my will that you prosper even as your soul prospers. You are on a mandate to give. Are you compliant? If not, it's time to get compliant. Number five, I'm, I'm, and I'm done. God's fifth mandate is this. Preach the gospel. Win the lost and flow in miracles. Somehow we've forgotten one of the, if not the most important mandates that every believer is under. The mandate to share the gospel. Gospel means good news. Do you think this world needs some good news right now? Well, you got it. Why are you not talking about it? Matthew 28 says this, a great commission. And Jesus came to them and spoke to them and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to deserve all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you even to the end of the age. Amen. Somebody shout, go. Look at somebody say, go. Somebody, look, put your finger up and say, you are under a mandate to Go. Are you compliant? This mandate's under attack. Within this mandate, listen to the things that is within the Great Commission. Travel. Go into all the world. Travel. Travel has been under attack and shut down. Second thing in that mandate, baptism. These churches that have been told they can't meet have been told they can't sing and have specifically been forbidden to baptize. Some of them shooting each other with water guns and baptizing them. Teaching or gathering, the infallibility of the words of Jesus, and preaching the gospel are all within the Great Commission, and they're all under attack by man's mandate. Last thing I want to tell you, is this a part of that mandate? Another part of the Great Commission is in Mark 16. He continues and says in verse 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. Hold up, just hold up, don't play it. I don't know if that's messing it up or not. They will take up serpents. They will drink anything deadly, and it will by no means hurt them. Make sure I'm coming through. That's the most important thing. They got to hear this. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will lay hands upon the sick and they will recover. Do you see the mandate? They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You are under a mandate of the Great Commission. Are you in compliance? Power to thump the devil. Huh? Huh? Sometimes you got to thump his head. You have to you have to guard your heart against taking my words to cause you to be angry against another individual. Whether they be high up on the television or in your own world. This is not a message. I'm not angry at anyone. I'm not angry at a single government official. I'm not angry at people who are sinners and even atheists who are putting some of these together and attacking the mandates of God they're just doing what an atheist and a sinner does. They don't know the truth yet. Okay? I'm angry at the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Are you hearing me? I'm angry at the devil. I'm not mad in general. In fact, I'm at total peace. I'm, I'm, come on, come on, give the Lord praise. I'm at total peace. In fact, I'm not even stressing about where we're at and I'm not stressing about where we may be headed. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to be cautious. I'm going to protect my family. But I am going to be who God has called me to be. I hope you will too. So don't misconstrue my words. And don't use my words. Get in a fight with somebody. That ain't never going to end good. Stand for what you believe in. Don't get involved in online fights. I, they try to pull me in them all the time, and I just, I just laugh about it because I'm not going there. i got too much on my plate to worry about making sure that everything's perfect and hunky-dory with them, that they fully understand me. You don't get me, unfollow me, and move on. In fact, if you try to take over my church comment section, I'll just delete you. I'll just delete you. Send me a private message. Don't get on there and try to attack my people. Start trying to attack my people and try to draw them in there. I'll just delete you and ban you. You going to come back, send me a private message, tell me you ain't going to do it anymore, I'll unban you. But I'm not going to play that game. So I don't know where next week is going whether it's going to be a new series or I'm going to get one more thing out of this. I don't know. But I need you to pray for me because these kind of words are penetrating the spirit realm. And the devil don't like what he's hearing come out of this house. And the devil don't like this church filling up in the middle of a pandemic. But we're just getting started, y'all. Tell everybody you know if you're looking for a place that's open on Sunday mornings, come to my church. If you're looking for a place that's going to worship God in spirit and in truth, come on. If you want to stand up under the balcony and worship by yourself, come on. If you want to, come on. If you want to wear a mask the whole service, you can. Come on. Ain't nobody gonna make you do anything. But if you're looking for a place where the doors are gonna be open now and the doors are gonna stay open no matter what, bring them to this church. Come on, get up on your feet and praise Him for the mandate of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. Just remain standing. Father, I thank you, Lord, for everything you've done in this house today. I thank you for the faith that is rising up in this house. I thank you for miracles that are happening. I thank you, Lord, for families that are getting stronger, not weaker. I thank you for faith growing instead of shrinking. I thank you, Lord, God, for for the church rising up. Lord, there's a remnant that is rising up that still believes in everything you said in your word, God. Help us. Help us, God to not listen to the wrong voices. Help us, God, not to be looking at the wrong images, God. Help us to make sure we have positioned ourselves to hear the things of the kingdom and be truly your hands and feet in this moment. We give you praise for this right now. In Jesus' name. Now, before I pray this one last prayer over you, don't forget, Delane's in the back. If you're interested at all in our ambassador's program, uh, he is waiting back there for you. But if you're here today and you say, you know what, I've just, I I have to, before I leave this place today, I gotta know my heart is right with God. I've been struggling with some thoughts. I, I don't have a confidence of where I am with God. Maybe you've never been saved before, or maybe, maybe you have been, but because of the pressures of life, you just sort of walked out of that fellowship with him you're ready to return in your relationship with God. Can we just bow our heads for just a moment right there where you're at? If that is you, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. I see that hand in that section. My God, I see hands, I see hands in every section. My God, what a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. Come on. Anybody else? Anybody else? My God, this is what the church is for. Is there anybody else that says I gotta get my heart right with God? Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Praise God. Praise God. That's probably about, probably about eight, eight or nine hands. Just raise. Can everybody else just raise their hands and join them right now? My God, you know exactly who you are, ladies and gentlemen. You know who you are. But more than anything, God saw you raise that hand. God saw you do that as an act of faith. So we're going to pray with you. We're going to pray this prayer. We want you to pray it with us. And you mean this with everything in your heart. And God said you will be saved. That word saved means saved, delivered, and healed. Praise God. Can we pray, church, all together? Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, today we admit There is sin in our lives. Let's make it personal. There's sin in my life. And I'm asking you, Jesus, to forgive me of all my sins. Wash me clean. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. From this day forward, I will live for you and for you alone. I will walk in faith and not in fear. For I am your child. In the name of Jesus. Come on, give him praise and a shout. Come on. People just came in the kingdom, man. People just came into the kingdom. So if that's who, if you were one of those that raised your hands, here's your assignment. One quick thing that, that your pastor's asked you to do. Before you leave this place, you ain't got to do it right now, but before you walk out either in here, in the lobby or the parking lot, make sure you go up to somebody and you tell them, hey, will you just pray for me because I was one of the ones that raised my hand today. Let me tell you what that means. The Bible says if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father. That doesn't mean that your prayer was not effective if you don't do that. It just means that God will stand in the gap for you as a son and a daughter. He will be blessed by the fact that you're not ashamed to confess what you've done today do that, be blessed, I love you your pastor loves you, go, go, go you're under a mandate don't forget about Wednesday night we will post all the links follow me on Facebook if you don't already follow me on Facebook but the church's Facebook especially go to Facebook, Solid Rock Church look for us, subscribe there it'll be on all of our platforms including YouTube, Wednesday night at 6.30pm, God bless